And we're back in. Greg Davis here. 20 minutes after. Uh, Nate, Friday, you were not here, but I was able to break sort of, I didn't break it, but uh, WBRC actually broke uh, the story about the uh, illegal uh, gambling operations, uh, that their business license were not going to be renewed. And it's just amazing to me that's even got to be big news. Yeah. That uh, illegal places have business license. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's been a big issue. I've talked to some of the commissioners about it. Why do we give them? Because they'll say, I'll say, why don't we shut them down? Well, they've got business license. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I doesn't mean, make sense. Well, why do they have a business license? Yeah. If I had and a, then if they're doing, if you give them a business license for one thing and then they're doing something else, it's still illegal. Uh, yes. If they were running prostitution, you wouldn't say. Well, they have a license. Well, they got a business license. Yeah, that's kind of sounds silly so and then the sheriff as well uh mark petway had been unwilling to really go in and deal with these places uh he uh you know you remember back in april when attorney general steve marshall raided 14 of these places in jefferson county shut shut Mm -hmm. those down at least temporarily um you know the sheriff at that point and even before that had said that it just wasn't worth enforcing that it was only a misdemeanor and uh, that there were a lot of other worse things going on than that. but um, and, and I get that, but uh, this is one of those kind of issues that um, leads to other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's all intertwined. Enforcing the law is enforcing the law. Uh, but they were saying it's, uh, you know, it was too expensive because then people got to go to court uh, for a misdemeanor. They hardly ever go to trial. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if they confiscate the, the equipment they have to deal with that so he was just saying basically it's too expensive yeah to to deal with and and it is only a misdemeanor which i think should be changed uh to to operate one of these locations and uh so they don't really care if you want to come in and bust them up they'll just uh, open right back up later or they're just staying in business as long as they possibly can to make as much money as they possibly can and then they just pay the misdemeanor fine and move on Mm-hmm. And open back up later again some other time if they want to. So um, it, it's just really, really been a big mess, quite honestly. But it has become an absolute blight on Jefferson County, especially the unincorporated areas of Jefferson County. Uh, most of these, I think last list I saw, I, I named them off here on the air one day. I think there were 57 of them that somebody had put together a list of. And they... Um, uh, you know they're they're in areas that aren't aren't in city limits typically, because this the city would likely enforce the law. I'm sure there's some exceptions to that, yeah. but for the most part they're in unincorporated areas of Jefferson County and just sort of existing there and drawing in people from other areas to come to them. You know, and when you start drawing people into these unincorporated areas that don't have municipal police. They're dependent on the sheriff's office for anything that goes on. And, you know, you get out in the rural areas of Jefferson County, the unincorporated areas, you know, you may have one sheriff on duty to cover a large area. Large amounts of area. And so it just really lent itself to a lot of other crime happening. You know, yeah. you, you drive in from a neighboring county to come in and run, you know, take part in one of these bingo machines. You drive in. Uh, you know, you're there for a few hours. You lose a bunch of money. You leave out of there. My goodness. Well, instead of waiting till you get back closer to where you live, you just go ahead and try to 
get onto somebody's property or into somebody's car and see what you can steal before you head back home. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's just it's naturally going to happen. And so that's the kind of stuff that's going on. Uh, not I won't even go into other stuff, but but that that kind of stuff definitely was happening. So the sheriff now says uh, uh, he will enforce the law because now they don't have business license. The commission did not renew business license, uh, and it ended uh, Saturday night before. And, and so come October 1st, they have no business license to operate. So if you have these uh, electronic bingo places near you in Jefferson County, and I know these exist in other counties as well, whether they're publicized or not publicized or whether they have flashing lights and a name out front or if everybody just happens to know what convenience store they're in. Uh, in Jefferson County now, they're operating without a business license, which means they're not not going to be paying their taxes, which means the county be more likely to go after them. So uh, the sheriff said that he would go after them beginning today and that he would... Uh, close them down. In fact, here's his quote. I'm glad they're not renewing the license because when they renewed and gave them a license, they promulgated bingo and gave them an opportunity to operate. I went to them, to the the commission, and said, hey, you need to remove those licenses, take back those licenses, then I can close those businesses down because they'll be operating without a license. So now they're not issuing those licenses. I can go in there and shut them down. Uh, Maybe the uh, I'm not an expert on this. Maybe somebody can help me. Maybe the uh, the it's a it's a more serious crime to operate without a business license than just to operate a bingo location. To do something illegal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's why now it's worth it to go after it because it's more than just a misdemeanor. I'm not maybe sure. Maybe two illegal things add up. Yeah. Maybe so. More than one does. Whatever it is, I, I'm glad to see them close down because it, it's. Again, I say it's a blot on our communities. I mean, you see neighborhoods that have these in them. Uh, maybe it was a building that used to serve a good purpose in a neighborhood. Maybe it was a um, a gas station, you know, or it was a a beauty shop or, you know, something like that, sort of in a neighborhood area and, or out on the highway maybe in more of a, you know, in a, in a rural setting. And there's houses around it, you know, across the street, you know, behind them. And churches there, all kinds of things, schools, yeah. kids, anything. And then you've got this, just this, you know, uh, uh, flashing light, you know, uh, setup going where it looks like, you know, a little a little uh, cheap Vegas going on there on the highway. Yeah. Uh, trying to draw people in, bingo, bingo, win, win, all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I want to know if anybody out there, and I know a lot of you probably been at work all day and you're not really you know, getting to those places yet back around your home. But uh, can anyone give me insight into Jefferson County today? These uh, places that you drive past or work near, are they still open today or did they shut down? I just wonder uh, if these people go, eh, I'll just, I'll just keep taking the risk and stay in operation. I wonder. Uh, I'll see some when I head home this evening. And I'm going to look to see if they're open, but I haven't had the opportunity today. So if any of you have, uh, let me know, 205-941-1011. Also, very quickly, I'd mentioned this uh, sometime back, uh, this um, cannabis banking legislation. Uh, 
today uh, is has voted to advance this. It's basically marijuana banking bill. You know, the the medical marijuana industry really hasn't been able to use the banks because it's uh, it's a narcotic, and so they can't handle that money. Yeah. And so in D.C., there's a a safer what they call is a safer bill, Secure and Fair Enforcement Regulation Banking Act. Uh, a bipartisan group of senators. It's going to move to the Senate floor now. It's going to legitimize the marijuana industry in this country. And unfortunately, um, Senator Tommy Tuberville, one of the sponsors, and I know he's gotten a lot of word from conservative groups in our state that were not happy with his involvement in this, but my understanding is I heard he wasn't going to vote for it, but now I've seen clarification that apparently he does still support this and plan to support it. And uh, it will advance the medical marijuana operations in the state of Alabama. It will. Um, and, and across the nation. But, you know, we, we think, how does this affect us? It will. It legitimizes it is what it does is, is regular legitimate business. All right, we'll be back. Are you tired of dirt and grime ruining the beauty of your home's exterior? Ew! Look no further. Introducing A-plus soft wash, your go-to exterior cleaning business. A-plus soft wash is owned and operated by Isaac Adams, a dedicated first responder with a heart for service. He'll go the extra mile to keep your property pristine. From clogged gutters to dirty roofs, A-plus soft wash has you covered. Isaac will meticulously clean your gutters, roofs, soft wash siding, clean concrete, and more, leaving your home looking brand new. Isaac is insured, reliable, efficient, and his attention to detail is unbeatable. Trust A-Plus Soft Wash to restore your home's curb appeal. Call Isaac at 256-960-0474 for a free estimate today. That's 256-960-0474. Also make sure to follow the A-Plus Soft Wash Facebook page for exciting offers and updates. A-plus soft wash, your satisfaction is our top priority. A-plus soft wash serves the general Coleman and surrounding areas. Terms and conditions apply. Call for details. Make your home shine with A-plus soft wash today. It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. Unable to call? Then send us a text at that same number. Text us the letters PTR to opt in to the Priority Talk text line and be a part of our show. Call or text 205-941-1011 now. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Okay, we return at uh, 25 minutes till 6. And uh, don't forget now, you'll hear uh, a conversation with the legendary George Stewart here, uh, who joined us in studio just a little bit ago. Uh, We uh, did broadcast that live over our Facebook page, if you wanted to go and see that. But it'll air here uh, next hour as well. And uh, just had a really great time visiting with him uh, growing up in Tuscaloosa with the likes of Sylvester Croom and John Stallworth and uh, just uh, really fascinating. He uh, worked uh, with uh, the Gaston, A.G. Gaston here out of Birmingham and a lot of their uh, their media 
and uh, did a lot of great stuff, and he's still doing it. Uh, Alabama Gospel Roots TV, Saturday evenings, and Lovestock Music Festival coming up October 14th. You'll hear all about it next hour. All right, uh, this is something we had told you about a week or two ago. Uh, uh, Andy Stanley, you know, the son of Charles Stanley, was hosting uh, the conference, which was really promoted. And on the surface, I don't have a problem with what he was trying to, what he says he was trying to do, who it was for. Let me say it that way. I think our churches should be helping. Yes. It was for parents of LGBTQ plus children and ministry leaders looking to discover ways. So who it was for, I think, is a good thing. We yeah. need to be ministering to that group of people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, and we are not. No. Unfortunately, the person who got into this is probably not bringing uh, the voice that's most needed, um, the lessons that are most needed. But it's for uh, parents and leaders looking to discover ways to support parents and LGBTQ plus children in their churches. And so he had, he, I think he had some people there that probably we wouldn't have had a problem with, but he had some people on the program who were openly living in a homosexual lifestyle um, that that are basically affirmers yeah. is what they are. Okay, if we can just say it that way. And, um, you know, Stanley gave a big a speech at it as well. I haven't got to listen to the whole thing yet, but there yeah. are some audios of it out there floating around that you can find. Look, so, sounded like what I heard. What I was able to hear, people use their phone or something and recorded it. Mm-hmm. So, but he had to know that was going to happen. He uh, he got uh, critical of Albert Moeller, who wrote that article that the train has left Lift, the station. Means, Y'all remember yep. that a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Uh, about Andy Stanley, and of course, a lot of us said the train left the station a long time ago. Yes. Uh, but he criticized Albert Moeller. Uh, he didn't use his name, but basically uh, said that. You know this article that had gotten viral and all this kind of stuff, uh, and Stanley said, "I've never subscribed to his version of biblical Christianity to begin with, so I'm not leaving anything." In my opinion, it is my opinion. His version, talking about Al Mohler uh, of the Southern Baptist Convention, Southern Seminary, uh, his version of biblical Christianity is the problem. His version of biblical Christianity is why people are leaving Christianity. It's because they can't find Jesus in the midst of all the other stuff and all the other theology. And here was his money quote. You shared it with me before I had even seen it today. That version of Christianity draws lines and Jesus drew circles. Yes. That's the quote. And then he says, you shouldn't be criticizing us. You should come and learn from us. We've been doing this for years. Every evangelical, every conservative church needs to figure this out. So he is sort of the source of almighty knowledge when it comes to this. That shows you a lot of pride right there. He's just okay. leading the way. we got to follow. Well, but that's a lot of pride. <laughs> yes. Y'all should come learn from us. Be like Quit us. criticizing us. Come learn from us. That Boy, a lot of pride <laughs> I, that I hear in there. Yes. Um, he had two gay men speak at the conference. And... and the thing that's bothersome is there's there's people who lived in that lifestyle that have come out of it that yeah. that he could have used. Oh yeah. And he didn't use them. Nope. I've I've seen some of them in person. I've heard them speak. They're powerful. Mhm. Um he uh, he could have used them and he didn't. 
Uh, they've been having quarterly meetings, apparently, for this audience, and these two men had already spoken at some of the previous meetings. So, you know, he knew, knew what they were coming with. Uh, but these are people who uh, are still living in the lifestyle. Yeah. And to me, if you're a, if you're a Christian parent, because this, this is all in the church, if you're a Christian parent, I don't need to come and hear how you just accommodated this into your faith and your life and you're still living it. I needed to come in here, hope that my child can repent yeah. and come out of this. That's what I needed to hear as a Christian parent. You know, they can hear that other story anywhere. Oh, yeah. That this is wonderful, great, and you should affirm it. And I, you can hear that anywhere. But uh, Stanley said their stories and their journeys of growing up in church and maintaining their faith in Christ and their commitment to follow Christ through their high school and college and singles and all the way up to the time that they were married, their, their story is powerful. You're talking about two men who were married. Yeah. These two guys have an incredible way of helping parents understand what's going on in the mind and the heart, specifically of their gay kids. And then he said, all of us have felt shame about things we've done. All of us have felt shame about the things we haven't done. But I bet you've never carried shame about who you are. That's the difference. Basically saying that there's no parallel to being gay. He, I've studied him over the years on this. I've done a little research since last time we talked yeah. about it. And he basically has put homosexuality and these, I guess, transgenderism and things like that. He's put it over into another category. Yes. And says, this is not, there's nothing else like this. So we have to deal with it differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't just deal with it like you would deal with any sinful temptation or lifestyle. Yes. He says it's different. He he has sort of separated it into something else. Is what That's been his drift over the years. Uh, I think that's the way he has um, justified this in his mind. Uh, I do agree that we need to be the church. We need to be offering insight, help, encouragement, support for those and the families of those who are struggling. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, bringing in people who are still living in that sinful lifestyle is not right. It would yeah. be like it would be like having a um, you know. Uh, a support group for for alcoholics, mm-hmm. and instead of bringing in people who can say, "Hey, I was where you are," but you know what I mean. But I came out of it. I had had a drink in a long time, and I'm way past it. And you can yeah. do it too. It would be like bringing in someone that was drunk in the in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And marching them into the church to speak to a group of other people who are struggling with alcohol. Yeah. And here they come in drunk and supposed to give a talk about. And, and tell everybody what these people are feeling and thinking while they're currently living in that lifestyle. Yeah. And um, it's uh, it's sad that the church, the pastor that's actually leading out and doing something on this is, is doing it uh, in this manner. Yeah, I think the interesting about uh, the interesting thing that Andy does is he separates, doctrine which he gets right yeah. he says 
marriage is between one man and one woman. He does and, say that, but he won't condemn. But but there we go. What he cuts off from there is practice and lifestyle. Yeah. So you pay lip service. He's able to say, "Look, I defined it biblically, yeah. one man and one woman." But all, everything's the weight behind that has been removed because then he won't talk about the fact that active homosexual yeah. lifestyles are sinful. Yeah, he he's doesn't basically call saying, anybody to turn from it. Yeah, he's saying, okay, marriage is between one man and one woman. Oh, great, I got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Live how you want, and it's okay. Well, it's almost got, hey, you can be a Christian if you just believe right, but you don't have to live it. Yeah. and, and But he does that really just on this issue. I don't think that's his overall. I, again, I go back. I don't think he would do that for an alcoholic. No. He wouldn't say that. He would say, this is destructive for your lifestyle. It's going to destroy who you are as a person and your mind and your family, and it's going to hurt your relationship with God because you're not sober-minded. He would all of that. But when it comes to homosexuality, he's accommodating. Yeah. And and I agree. We don't have to be ugly to people. We shouldn't try to run people off. We shouldn't uh, call names. We shouldn't do that. I'm not saying we should do that at all. We should be... um, as um, as friendly, accommodating as we can be, while at the same time um, calling people to come out of that lifestyle because it is it's ultimately it's destructive. So it's um, it's bothersome that that this church that has a lot of influence, okay, and they've got partnering churches or whatever they call them, yeah. all over the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, and especially in Atlanta. Okay. They're sort of over there like Church of the Highlands is here. They've got lots of different campuses. Network. And they don't all have the same name, but they have a network of churches that all run the same playbook. Yeah. It's not exactly the same as Highlands, but that's the best analogy I can make. Lots of people are involved in this, and that's going to filter its way down into uh, these all of these campuses. I think he's got the right idea that we should be ministering to these people. But I think more than anything, he wants to um, he wants to make them feel comfortable to the point of accommodating them in their sin. You know, and if you go back, and I remember when this happened, you know, you go back, he had a situation, they had a situation in their church where a, a friend of his and their wife um, he was friends with them. She found out that he was having this, her husband, not Andy Stanley, but the friend, was having an affair with another man. Mm. So they ended up getting divorced. Yeah. Well, the husband having the affair with another man ends up trying to come back to, the, to be a part of the church, hmm. his church. Well, the ex-wife says no, runs him off. Tells him off, runs him off, says, you can go anywhere you want to go, but you ain't coming here. This is my spot. And he tells this story openly. I've heard him tell it. Yeah. It's, it's online. And then, so him, this guy and his male partner, they go to one of the other North Point-related uh, churches and, and go there. And then, all of a sudden, um want to become like involved and want to want to get like I think it was on the greeter team or something like that you know get all involved they signed up to serve well apparently they were going to let them serve but 
what they realized was the man he was having the affair with was still married to another woman. Oh. So you got a woman over here divorced. You got another woman over here. They both were married, the two men, and were with each other. Okay. And he was together. still married. So guess what? They tell him, no, you guys can't serve because this man is still married. Oh, wow. And so that's adultery. So they wouldn't let him serve for adultery. But I guess it was going to be okay to let them serve if they were just in a homosexual relationship, unmarried. Yeah. What a what a world. That, and he tells that story. I mean, it, it's not hidden. Yeah. He told it as one of his big sermon series. So, you know, they were like, oh, no, this is clear cut. You're, this is adultery. So you're not qualified to serve. But never said... And he also wouldn't be qualified to serve because they're in a homosexual relationship living openly. You know, hey, they would be wonderful to have them come to church. That's a good place to be, okay? But it was like if you're having adultery, that's not okay. But if you're in a homosexual relationship and not have not married, then that would be okay. So Andy Stanley's been fading on this issue for a long, long time. This isn't new. That was probably 10 years ago. At least when, I, that, when that went down. I wonder at this point why he even bothers trying to be doctrinally correct. Like it, it's like he he there's something inside of him that he wants to hold on to something of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So he wants to hold on to the definition of marriage, one mm-hmm. man, one woman. He's not going to let that go. But in practice, he basically lets it go. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's just something in, he doesn't want to make the complete break that he has in well, practice. Well, I get he's trying to, as a pastor, he's trying to, um, he, he's trying to be pastoral. He's trying to set up a, a where you can reach people. You know what I mean? Because if you draw too hard a lines with people, you do cut yourself off from them. Yeah. But look, there is a place for that, okay? There is a place where you draw lines, and people got to decide if they want to live on that side or this side. Okay, I get that. But there is a place, too, where, where people are struggling in sin. As a pastor, you do want to help them, and you do want to be able to reach them, and you do want to be able to be relate to them. And we should try to do that. It's, it's where do you finally draw that line and say you must repent and you must not live in this lifestyle, whatever that sinful lifestyle is. Okay, we got to take a break. 205-941-1011. It's Priority Talk here on Truth 101. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? I have the answer for you. Just $40 can provide one day of care for a foster child in Alabama. You can help kids like Kaylee, who clapped and cheered after entering her foster home when she saw cans of food in the pantry. She happily exclaimed to her sister they would no longer be hungry. Not everyone is called to be a foster parent, but everyone can do something. By giving to the Alabama Baptist Children's Home, you are giving to the state's largest faith-based foster care provider. To help vulnerable foster kids in your hometown find hope and healing, visit alabamachild.org radio. That's alabamachild.org radio. Hey, Birmingham. This is David Barton with Wall Builders. Thanks for listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Good stuff. It's six minutes till the top of the hour, and uh, we're getting your text messages here at 205-941-1011. I 
1011. Uh, you can also call us your thoughts on um, Andy Stanley and the conference finding the quieter, what do you call it? The quieter uh, middle space. Is that the way he, he, he called it? Something on, along those on lines. The, uh, on the LGBT issue, that that's where the church needs to be. And now uh, says, uh, hey, instead of criticizing me, you need to come uh, learn from us mm-hmm. uh, as we. Uh, is we basically appear compassionate, but we don't tell anybody this is a harmful, sinful lifestyle that you should come out of it because the consequences of it are great. Yeah. But that's not compassion. No, it's not. Uh, that's uh, that's self-serving. Yes. Because uh, he, what he's gonna, what he's gonna draw these people that are looking for, truly looking for help, to his church, to himself. Yeah. But he's not really going to have anything to offer them except, hey, just feel better about your sin. Feel better about your sin. It's okay. You don't Here's some need other to guys change. who were doing it, and they've been doing it for a long time. And look at them. They're wonderful. Yeah. Don't need to change. And, and we all know, regardless of uh, this lifestyle or that lifestyle, what does Jesus call us to do? He calls us to repent. Yeah. And that's for any for, sin. Yeah, for all of it. Uh, so we all need to change. And what Andy Stanley's saying is, you're good just the way you are. Come hang out with us. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I, I use the alcohol analogy. Uh, if you had a uh, – uh, something maybe a lot of us can relate to. If you had a, a, a support group at the church, uh, a conference for, uh, for gluttony. <laughs> yeah. People that are struggling with with eating and exercise and you know their health and all this and you just know, hey, I'm going in a bad way health wise. This isn't going to be good. And then yeah. you get these people there and you got a really good chance to teach them uh, how to how to go in another direction, uh, create accountability, better ways, better way you know methods and, and spiritually look at it. And instead, you just um, uh, bring in uh, people that are even worse off than they are when it comes to that issue and and have a, an all-you-can-eat continuous buffet the whole time they're there. I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's it like, doesn't help them. No. It's like they came for a help, and all you did was just give them more of the same. Hey, it's okay. and Enabled. And I, yeah, that's a great word. So uh, we were getting a few text messages here. Um, let's see. Um uh, Michael was saying that, uh, in a way, Andy Stanley is correct to create a separate category because I said he sort of took homosexuality and made it a separate thing over here, like it's different to, to other sins. He says Paul separated sexual sin as a sin against the body, where where uh, other sins are outside the body, and I agree with that. He did, but that was dealing, Michael. I believe that was dealing with the consequences of the sin. If you a sin a sexual sin does yourself much harm, it's a sin against your own body, and so the consequences are different and greater. Uh, so I think that's a little different. He he never I don't think Paul created a separate uh, way to deal with a, cer- a certain sin in the church. He didn't say, okay, these sins you deal with them this way, and these sins you deal with them yeah. this way. Yeah, he, that's not I don't think that's what he did. So I do hear what you're saying, and, and that is true. He says, where Stanley Ayers is essentially Gnostic in that any sin, any sin in the flesh is okay because it's separate from the spirit. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Good good point. Uh, uh, really appreciate that. Uh, another says, really, about Andy Stanley, I listened to him for years 
because I disdained the well, secular. I think this was Andy's dad, I believe, is who this texter is talking about. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they were talking about uh, his dad being. Uh, uh, yeah, so said he listened listened to Doctor Stanley for years, and he was always uh, not always willing to speak hard truth. So. Uh, saying comparing him to John MacArthur, he was weak. So, okay, I, I got you. I hear what you're saying there. Uh, and also, uh, not feeling like uh, Andy Stanley, this is uh, money motivated. I could uh, see and, that. And I can see that. And I said that last time it came up. Yeah. This is a, a way to get people into something um, that uh, can be profitable. Yeah. You know what I mean? These people are looking for help and they can be exploited. And when you tell people what they want to hear, it can be profitable. Yeah. 